Hello! Woo! I'm Mallory Rubin, deputy editor of TheRinger.com. Joining me today, now that he's finished gazing upon the Porzingot himself in his care of magical creatures class, it's Ringer staff writer and your maester, Jason Concepcion! And we are here on urgent business. Is it urgent? It's urgent! To tell you about Binge Mode Weekly, our triumphant return to our true home, our true dragonstone, your earbuds. We are back! Yeah! On Binge Mode Weekly, Jason and I will be taking our trademark deep dive into the topics that are occupying our minds and hearts, the events of the moment. Love the scholarly expertise and accessibility of Binge Mode Game of Thrones? Then you'll love Binge Mode Weekly, where we'll touch on everything from our favorite books and movies to the shows that are obsessing us at a given moment to the sporting events captivating us from week to week. Binge Mode Weekly starts this Thursday and every Thursday thereafter on the same feed as Binge Mode Game of Thrones. Oh, Thursday! At... Dun-dun-dun! Give me that Hagrid-sized drum roll! Stay tuned for Binge Mode Harry Potter in spring 2018. Akio Binge Mode! Protect Hedwig! Jason, I have some... Very distressing news for you. What's up, guys? It's your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker, here with my oldest friend in the world. It's not true. That's not true. Dave Schilling, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How's fatherhood? It's still terrible. That, that was not the response I was expecting. <laughs> we, uh, I, I did a, a quickie episode, or it actually went the full time, but a, 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 an early episode last week uh, on the phone with our buddy Steve Kazee, whose uh, illegitimate son was apparently at Ron Monday I night. I saw that There was sign. a Zach Kazee sign. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, gimmick infringement. We, it's been a while since we've been here together. Correct. A lot has happened in the world of pro wrestling. Um, but we sort of, you know, we t- I took an e- took it easy on the week of Thanksgiving. Had to record early. Traveled to the East Coast. Did uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. A speaking tour. Brooklyn. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I just got up and got up in various bars and coffee shops and complained about Raw. <laughs> That's what you would do anyway. Just, just get stood on a soapbox and was like, "Here are some reasons why Raw shouldn't be three hours." Listen, absolution means forgiveness and and uh, absolving people of their sins. What does that have to do with wrestling? That's what you were saying the whole time. Wow. Um, speaking of absolution, I don't, I, I don't. I'm sure there are things we need to talk about storyline wise. We have a clash of the champions coming up in the not too distant future. Yes. Um, but I don't really care. 
<laughs> I actually had a plan that I was going to come in this week and say, here's what we're going to do with the show now. We like, we just, you know, we're trying, always try to figure out how to like streamline things. Still talk, you know, talk the same length of time, but make things more direct. And I was like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to not talk about match. We're not going to talk about anything that is not a storyline that is not going to matter next week. Right. Yeah. So like if there's a five-star match, okay, we'll make an exception. AJ Styles made whoever look great. We'll, we'll give that some praise, but like, we don't need to say that Seth Rollins wrestled Cesaro for the 100th time. Right. It's just not even worth mentioning. And then I start watching raw and it's like, I cannot imagine being less entertained by a show. Part of that I think was just the crowd. That was a terrible crowd in Smackdown Tennessee. Smackdown wasn't bad. But Smackdown's crowd was way better. Um, yeah, but forget the crowd. There were people missing. There's, that shouldn't matter. It just felt like it. Anyway, we have two weeks of material to go over here. So, in honor of Thanksgiving, I've compiled a very long list of things that I'm not thankful for. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this the is most great. significant thing first of all i am thankful that Paige is back i'm thankful that there's new blood in the women's division on both shows but this is this is more of a question than a thing i'm not thankful for but it's a thing i'm not thankful for how did we get two women's division in, invasions by trios on back-to-back nights and these things are not related it's hard to write a show every week. <laughs> I don't know. You think they talk to each other and they say, okay, so yeah, this we're going to do this this thing where there's three ladies and they're going to invade and they're going to beat everybody up. And then the other team says, well, we won't do that. This is like when those two happen. asteroid movies came out at the same time. Deep Impact and Armageddon. Yeah, it's but it's but ser- but clearly this must have been pitched as like an like one storyline and then there was just like the the WWE ombudsman was like no we actually have two brands we got to keep them separate it wouldn't make sense if page was leading two invasions and they were just like okay but keep going ahead with the plan or maybe we just don't trust page to lead two invasion to be you know to be that big of have that high of a profile i don't know it's the cra- okay craziest thing i've ever seen so we have absolution on raw which is a terrible name. Yes, you're you. right. Uh-huh. It's you. very bad. It's nicer, it makes no nicer sense. than I would have put it. And the Riot Squad. Now, I'm couching everything with praise here. I am so happy that women's wrestling is not a bunch of blonde fitness models in the year 2017. But because it's not, the blonde fitness models sort of stand out. And sometimes the darker female characters the the punkier emo or emo female characters sort of run together all that is to say that Liv Morgan and Mandy Rose st- both stand out like sore thumbs on their teams yeah i'm not sure why it's like it's like what i complain about with the 205 live booking when they when they get factions together and they're all they don't match there's no story there's no there's no character connection between them it's just oh we're some heels we hang out you know why it's just like three random women thrown together on both shows. It's not that hard to say like like how cool would it be if Ruby Riot had like Mandy Rose and Liv Morgan were her backup? Yeah. Like they don't look alike. That's what's cool about it, right? And just move Sarah Logan over to Raw. I mean, like or have Paige and Paige is an established character. Like she should want to hang out with people who are sort of like her. Like who were like Ruby Riot, for instance. Well, yeah, but Ruby Riot's I th- that makes the most sense, but maybe almost too much sense. And then and also she's the best 
she has she's the best character of the recent debuts, right? Yeah. So give let her have SmackDown if you're really going to keep them separate. But it's all so crazy, and none of it makes any sense. I feel like there are two things at play here. Number one is back when they first brought all the women in for the quote unquote divas revolution. What they did is they just put them into two groups. Yeah. The baby faces and the heels. Yeah. And you had your team PCBs and your team bad or mm-hmm. team rad or whatever it was yeah. called. Uh, and so that was an easy out for them to create characters and right. introduce characters. It's just like, here's the good guys, here's the bad guys, and you can wrestle. On the other side of things, I think that you have to you have to consider that professional wrestling writers do have to work so much and and at some point do they have enough time to come up with different angles do they have enough time to come up with clever storylines there was a moment on raw and smackdown where they were both running angles where someone was attacked in the back and there was a question a mystery of who it was there was the enzo and Cass story there was the uh the the fashion police yeah they finally, you know, revealed Cass was beating up Enzo. There's still no answer to that fashion police question, but they were still running these angles at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Are there separate writing teams? We don't yes. know. There might not be. There, there's separate writing teams, but I think they, they're still both filtered through Vince McMahon's road writing team. So, whatever. I mean, I don't know. It's just crazy. It's not a new problem that we see the same gimmicks finishes just ideas vaguely stated recycled over and over again and anyone that's worked with a 70 year old genius has had this experience where it's like the same the ideas that brought you to the dance the things that are percolating in your brain they get they they you just hit that button over and over again without the without the awareness that you just did it five minutes ago right I'm not a I'm not a doctor, but I play one on a podcast. Sometimes. You would think Triple H would say something, or Stephanie? Are they that afraid I'm, of him? No, they're just very busy. Triple H cut a promo on Ginger Mahal for their match in India, like from the performance center in a suit. Like that's not that's not okay. That's but he's working too hard. That's just like uh, what, we need a promo. What else is on my schedule today? It's just like well, you have lunch with uh, with whoever Terry Taylor. Terry Taylor, and then you and you have to cut a promo on Jinder Mahal. So, and he's like, I don't have time to get into my leather vest between, and then get back into the suit for lunch with Terry. He cuts promos in the suit all the time. He cut a promo in the suit on Raw on Monday. Yeah, but There's that's, that's part of his character. If you're now. if you're wrestling a match, all right. Listen, okay. Triple H is more Triple H pays more attention to the minor details than anybody else. He is very good when at separating those two aspects of for his character. He, remember for years it was the beard was baby face and the and the limmy was healed. Yeah. You know? he's, he's got two different theme songs. Exactly. He's got and then when he come when he comes out to wrestle, he's wearing the jean jacket with the leather with the whatever. He's the game. Yeah. He's the game. He spits the water. Mm-hmm. You don't spit the water in the suit. You spit the water when you're the game. He's like right. a superhero. Yeah. This is a whole separate episode. Um, I feel like someone should do a YouTube video about this. Um, but all of this, the, the, my complaints about the about Absolution and the Riot Squad bring me to a sort of subtle, more meta point. There was a there was a story, and it might have been on Pro Wrestling Sheet. I don't remember where it was. That that the reason that these things happened, the kind of you know zoom out reason, was because Vince thought that the women's divisions were too 
stale. You wasn't wrong about that. And you know why? It's it's your own damn fault. Mm-hmm. It's because you split the women's division into two like four no. person divisions. Yeah, see, I disagree with that. Well, or and you're not giving them enough time to do anything interesting on TV. That's the problem. The divisions aren't big enough for anyone to be in the doghouse, and somehow half of them are perpetually in the doghouse. So I mean, yeah, it's like if you get if you have a tiny division. I mean, that's like saying like two like the the cruiserweight division on Raw is stale. Yeah, it's stale. Look, if it's you stale g- even with Enzo, if you gave Dana Brooke a character, maybe it wouldn't be stale. Oh, maybe she, I think she's about to she's about to join Titus yeah. worldwide. Yeah, that'll be a character. I mean, look how it it, it uh, changed Tazawa's career. But that's not even, this isn't my complaint, by the way. Okay, it's your it's it's their own fault that it's that it's stale. It's not that hard to book. I mean, they've proven this over the years. But they're but the women that they called up. I, this is sort of tangential, but the people that they called up weren't even like on TV that much on NXT. It's right. they, they just got, I mean, and some of them were working a lot. Obviously they're, they're talented. And, and a couple of these, a couple of the women that they called up were like on my short list of like people to watch out for. This is like, these are going to be, these are going to be real potential forces in WWE. I'm happy that they're up, but it's this sudden realization that NXT is no longer a developmental show. It's just a separate brand to show. Yeah. And so, like, it's I, like I'm all for having Drew Galloway or whoever the Samoa Joe, the you know the the experienced person at the top of the card carrying holding the belt while everybody else develops. But if there's people who are like ready to be on Raw and they're not even being showcased on NXT in a prominent way, then start another show where they can be showcased in a prominent way. It does beg the question: Why are they ready for the show if they're not on television? Right. It's very meta, and they might be totally ready, but like we don't see this, well, and that's part of our expectation as fans is to get used to them that way. And that could have solved my problem as to why are these people friends? They don't look alike. They they don't seem like they would hang out. Just if they had been on TV as friends for five seconds, that would be that would solve everything. I also got to say I didn't like the promo that they cut on the Tuesday promo the riot squad promo i thought it was very bad and you have to ask yourself are these people actually ready to be on tv it doesn't seem like it from the one match and the one promo it's like yeah this might well i mean they're kind of they're just the riot squad in particular is just following the you know the kind of nexus the you know outline where that worked yeah but i mean they just put the they give the mic to ruby riot because she can kind of talk just like just like Wade Barrett got it back in the day, and then they just have people standing around and jumping people and looking menacing, vaguely vaguely menacing. Yeah, and when I said that worked, I was being sarcastic just to make everybody understand. It was cool though, but it was it cool. was cool for a minute. But another thing that we had with that was the existence of NXT, where we saw these people wrestle, and when they all turned heel, it was like holy shit! Like these guys are a faction now, and they're coming to terrorize us all. Yeah, we had the backstory. We're not. We don't get any. There's of that. no backstory. Anyway, here. I am not thankful. The NXT is just a de- just a just a show now, and no longer a developmental program. It's a hell of a show, though. It is. It's great. War Games was awesome. War Games was pretty awesome. We didn't talk about it because I wasn't here, but I I really enjoyed uh, the War Games match, even though it was a total garbage fest. Oh yeah, I had no story. I it think was it was the cool. expectations were just so high. I think that they did really well, given you know what they were what they had to deal with. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on that show. Mm-hmm. But this is my not thankful list. I'll continue, please. I'm going to go with a with a more whimsical one now. The Bludgeon Brothers are. I'm happy to see him back. You know, let me let me do it this way. You know, I was watching Raw with the valet. She was making fun of Kane's outfit. You know that. You know that feeling 
when you're defending something and you don't know why you're defending it, but I mean, you can make the case and then you re and then like almost like the next time you look up, you realize that you've, you, you were totally wrong. She's making fun of Kane's outfit. And I'm like, yeah, but it's retro. It's a throwback, you know, whatever. And this, and as I'm saying it, I'm like, oh man, I talk trash about Braun Strowman's fake torn, like patchwork pants all the time. Obviously Braun Strowman and the Bludgeon Brothers shop at the same store. Because I don't, I I cannot take them seriously. They're wearing, and then the valet again called it like a medieval times get up. They're wearing, like, I apologize. I apologize to Finn Balor for ever saying that his interests look like community theater. The Bludgeon Brothers look like, like high school theater. It's real lame. This is... It is so bad. And these are like the two biggest badasses in the company. Just put them in, just, just put them in black spandex. I think sometimes there is the idea that uh, they don't think enough. And then there's the, we think too much. So the women's angles are, uh, we're not thinking enough. We're not thinking about, oh we God, we're doing this twice. And then the Bludgeon Brothers, it's like, oh, we we got a little too clever. Well, they had this. all this time because it took them forever to debut and they probably went through like 15 different, you know, spec outfits or whatever. And they just got to this, they got to the worst possible one. It it like we, this is not 1993. If you were booking people as crazy monsters it beggars belief that they would have a seamstress on call. Put them in torn up jeans and t-shirts. Yeah. If you want them to be form fitting, that's cool. There's an expectation in wrestling for spandex. But like, come on. There was a reason why the Wyatt family worked as well as it mm-hmm. did at the beginning. Because it felt authentic. It felt modern. It didn't have this like kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge camp quality. They're called the Bludgeon Brothers, and they carry hammers that they leave. (laughs) They carry the hammers all the way down the ramp. They hold them up, and they put them down, and then they walk to the ring, and the hammers magically disappear. Why do they bring the hammers to the ring if they don't use them? I mean, presumably they'll use them at some point, but I, I, even in kayfabe, it's like, really? Do Do you need to risk pulling your, like, bicep on the way to the ring just for the sake of non-intimidation it's incredibly stupid it's a shame because luke harper and eric rowan are both very good wrestlers yeah they have an opportunity or they had an opportunity to be uh, quality singles competitors if they you know were allowed to kind of do their own thing eric rowan was doing all kinds of weird stuff on his twitter and posting strange videos and stuff and i thought luke harper could have been a good heel instead of turning him babyface against Randy Orton, which was just like, why? Look at that guy. Does that guy look like a babyface to you? He's getting cheers. People like him. People liked him enough because they didn't like Bray Wyatt. But I mean, there was no. You know connection what they should have done with these guys is just put them in. I mean, I always say put them in all black. So whatever. I mean, take that for what it's. Everybody's worth. in all black right now. I know, but just put them in like regular. They were wearing regular clothes before. Just get just the big character development for them should be like we found a dry cleaner. So just put them in like nice clean, like a clean version of tattered clothes. Put them in the same color. I don't care. They could be in any color. But the the stupid patchwork shit has to stop. Like no nobody, I can't even imagine. You can't tell me that the, like the seven year olds out there like the patchwork stuff better than what they were wearing before. I just I don't know what the audience is for that. But anyway, they should have just done like the Doom gimmick or the Machines gimmick. Just put them in masks and have the announcers be like, "Yeah, these guys look familiar. Their beards are sticking out, but just they're just terrorizing everybody." If they want them to be different, also they're not brothers. 
Why are they called the Bludgeon Brothers when they have different last names? You might ask yourself. Uh, it's not a good gimmick. Let's move on. What else are you mad about? Um, you want to do raw my raw complaint or my spa- SmackDown complaints next? Let's do. Let me go. Let me get a raw because we did a SmackDown okay. with the Bludgeon Brothers. This is an obvious one. So the Miz is just rolling with Elias now. Well, I mean, their their personality leads them to be followers. They're just natural followers. Who else are they going to hang out with? Uh, maybe someone who's like has one day of seniority over them in the company. No one cares about what they do. <laughs> the writers don't care what they're doing, so they don't push them. They don't give them characters. Why is Curtis Axel still wearing the neck brace? Because it's cool and it reminds you of Cowboy Bob Wharton? Okay, sure. Why does why does um, a Bo Dallas look like uh, little Stevie Van Zant from the uh, E Street Band? I don't know. Who cares? Why are they coming after the Miz's music? Listen, I don't know. I Who love cares? both of those guys. Why are they not in the Marine Six? Uh, everybody that's, else is in the Marine Six. Yeah, that's how they became best friends. Is that what the Miz is doing? That was yeah, yeah. He's doing the Marine Six with Shawn Michaels and Becky Lynch. That's why Becky's not on on TV. All right, great. We're gonna come back. I want to keep talking about this, but this this segues into another into another uh, complaint I have about Raw. Why are we open about Dean Ambrose being on his honeymoon? I don't even know if Sheamus going on sabbatical as he does every year. <laughs> <laughs> was a shoot or a work it doesn't it? fucking matter is that in his contract that he gets to go back i think to they Ireland? go on a uk they go on a uh, overseas tour and he gets to go visit his family that makes sense you yeah. know whatever he gets to hang out but still the the why of all the character i mean dean ambrose should be like two steps this side of kane as far as like let's just keep in kayfabe with this guy i get that everybody knows he's married he's engaged and now married to renee young like we we know that, but the on-screen character is different. Well, they did acknowledge that they were a couple on SmackDown, and there was never a payoff, as we all know, because they ended up taking Renee out of the angle and replacing Dean Ambrose with John Cena, and they did that mixed tag at WrestleMania. Yes, so at least it's established that it's that they're together. Right? I understand that it's established. Let's just not talk about it. And I mean. I, I hate to be like Jim Cornette here, but like, th- could you not just have Seamus and Cesaro like like break his knee last week or something? Yeah. Just, just write him off the show for a week? We don't have to talk about it. There's also the implication that if you are on Raw or SmackDown, you are in the back, even if you're not wrestling. So everybody's always there every week. Mm-hmm. That may or may not be true, but you have to assume, boy, Dana Brooke is bored. Yeah. Man, what is Apollo Crews up to right now? <laughs> Does Eden catering? I mean, that's probably what he's doing, but it is probably a, getting really good at like Super Smash Brothers or something. Yeah, doing a lot of sit-ups. It, it's it, there's no there's no logical consistency to any of this. They yeah. just say things. Uh, we're really burying the show. <laughs> we're usually so, pretty no, positive. No, but so just to bring this back to the Miz. So we did they say the Miz was off filming because all I remember was Elias saying that like he was spending time with his wife and soon to be child. They didn't mention on television that that's why he's gone. They just said but he the got, Miz. The got Miz got a, filming a movie is like the most in character thing for him to do. Yeah, but they wanted to put Roman over, so Roman beats the crap out of him, and then he gets to take credit for running the Miz off of of Raw. It's another feather in the cap. Yeah, of you the won't big be seeing dog. Miz for a while, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
the last time he did a Marine movie, this is, by the way, they're on the sixth Marine movie. Uh, should we have a, should we watch them all? Should I kind of want to Should we have do, a movie marathon? We should do like a commentary over all the Marine movies. Yes. Uh, yeah, Jim producers. says yes. <laughs> Jim says yes. All right, Jim. The only rule for the, for the Marine marathon is that you have to stay awake watching all of them. Like we can go out and like grab food. You have to stay there watching the yeah, whole time. That's fine. I have them on DVD. All right. Okay, there you go. We got our biggest Marine fan. Uh, but the last time he left to do a Marine movie, they they said it, and he he did like little videos from the set and whatnot, and talking about the Intercontinental Title World Tour, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this time they just have to put over the big dog. It's all about Roman Reigns, baby. Which leads me to my next point. Uh oh. Why is Roman Reigns the IC champion? Because Brock Lesnar is not on Raw, <laughs> and so they got to put, they got to give the show some sort of focus, right? Like there's, there's center th- of gravity. There's, I believe, ten weeks till the next time Raw has a pay per view. I don't think that they have a pay per view in December, so the next time they have a big blow off show, besides Raw twenty five, which I guess counts, is the Royal Rumble. So if you put your secondary belt on your top star and then you build the show around that then you don't have to have Brock Lesnar on the show we've we've both said it a million times sometimes sometimes the belt elevates the performer sometimes the performer elevates the belt sometimes it's a mutual mutually positive beneficial situation this is the opposite of that the IC title and Roman Reigns are demeaned by Roman Reigns having the IC title I agree with you at first, I was like, oh, who cares? Of course they're going to do that because every decision that's made on the show is made to make him look better. But the more that I thought about it, the more that I thought, obviously it's beneath him. Obviously, this is just like an, an, an effort to kind of prop up the show and give it a focus and give him a, give him a Grand Slam championship. Sure. So it's it's another another. Well, I'll tell you one accolade. thing that nobody cares about is Grand Slam championships. The only people that care about that are the people that hate Roman Reigns, and they're and you only care about a Grand Slam thing in retrospect. Also, oh, JBL look. cared because JBL got left off the WWE.com <laughs> list, and he tweeted about it. Ah, uh, wow. I I think that there's there's no benefit to the belt either because the belt uh, was for years designed to give people who have nothing uh, to, give to a, do and who are on their way up something to do. To give a platform to people who deserve it. Imagine right? if Finn Balor won the IC title and what that would have done for him. It does nothing for Roman Reigns. It doesn't make him any stronger or cooler. He beat The Miz, who has been established as a coward. Sure. And who has been run down for his wrestling acumen by people like Daniel Bryan and by Roman Reigns for a long time. Yeah. And it's a belt that Roman Reigns doesn't really care about. He's never expressed any interest in it before. Now all of a sudden he's like, this is the most important belt in the entire company. And then you know, (laughs) you know, in two months when the Royal Rumble comes around, he's going to be like... the universal title means more to me than anything else. Like, well, what about the intercontinental title? This, this is, is just, it's, it's all, it's, it's nonsense. I, I don't want to leave the subject. Another thing I'm not thankful for is it, the fact that there is no, they don't have a, any story plan for Finn Balor right now. He, well, he's getting beat up by Kane every week. That's the story. I mean, they're going to, is he, he's going to feud with Kane? No, because that's Braun Strowman. He's just there to put Kane over. He's like, if like we're treating Braun Strowman like Brock Lesnar, he's not going to be there. And so 
So, I mean, Finn literally ran in to save Jason Jordan and then was beat up for so Braun Strowman could make the save. Also, he did his entrance. And Kane just stood there watching him. At some point, he has to not do the entrance. If he's doing a run-in, if he's a surprise, he should just run into the ring. He shouldn't stop and throw his hands in the air while the heel's it's, looking yeah, at him. You're like right, and at some idiot. point, the heel in the ring, how great would it have been if Kane had just, when he came out and it was clear he's doing the entrance, Kane had just pointed at his wrist like he's checking his time and then just kept on beating up Jason Jordan. Yeah. He's like, I know I can do this for a while. I, although, I, I, what if Finn just would won the IC title? Like, let him That's what have I was saying. That. I yeah, it would have been great. It would so, have been much better. This much is more not on my him. notes. You can look at my screen. This is not something I came in with. But if you want, if you like, since I'm complaining here, let me let me fantasy book Roman Reigns. Oh boy! In a way that WWE WWE will approve of. We all know he's going to be fighting Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, save some crazy turn of events, right? By the way, giving him the IC title and having him open Raw with terrible promos and putting him in the main event is a good start to ruining your WrestleMania main event. Great job. Well, they already started booing him again. Right. I know. That's what I'm saying. You're putting putting in position to fail. Here's what you do. Take a page from UFC. And I know WWE's loath to do They're not. They do it all the time. Take a page from UFC. Have Roman Reigns just open the show. Not without. Don't, don't give him the IC title. I'm, I'm retconning that. Have him open the show and just be like, like I just I just talked to the producer backstage and Brock Lesnar is not scheduled to be on Raw for eight more weeks. That is embarrassing. And so I am your new interim WW or Universal Champion until someone takes this. I haven't come out with the old belt until someone takes this away from me. I'm headlining this show. If Brock Lesnar wants to come show up and like be the champ, he can. But I know he's not going to because he's on a super part time contract. I'm here defending this belt so that you guys can have someone to watch wrestle. Cheer me or boo me. I don't care. There you go. Your WrestleMania main event's already start, set up. It's great. It's simple because it's logical. Of course he would be pissed off. They should all be at the entire locker room should so be dumb. angry that Brock Lesnar is not there every week. And they probably are in real life as a shoot. They're probably like, this guy's never here. He, he parachutes in for a pay-per-view, gets a big payday, and he goes home. And I have to be on the road every week. Yeah. So why not include that in the storyline? It doesn't even have to be a quote unquote worked shoot like the Cena Reigns yeah, thing. Yeah, no, not at it's all. It's just it. People would say that in a real in wrestling K-Fabe. situation. People used to say that. I would. I grew up watching Memphis wrestling. People would point out the fact that the champ didn't You're show up. A in paper the studio. champion. Yeah. Prove yourself. Face me. And you have months of that. Months of that. All right. This is less of a complaint than just a question for you, but it's it's a complaint disguised as a question. Of all of the non-wrestling talent on Raw, how many of them would you miss if they all like were were you know left behind it into heaven tomorrow? <laughs> so we're talking about referees, announcers, referees, announcers, Kurt Angle. He wrestles backstage interviewers. Got it. Okay, Kurt Angle, the GM. You can keep him as a wrestler. Okay, I would definitely miss Corey Graves. That's the end of the list. Hold on. I would miss Corey Graves. I would miss Renee Young. I think Renee is really good at what she does. She doesn't get enough credit for how good she is. She doesn't get enough opportunity to Uh, do. Exactly. Yes. I would miss her. I would miss Daniel Bryan. I think Daniel Bryan every week is one of the most engaging, compelling, interesting, uh, multifaceted characters on that show. I was just keeping this specific to Raw for the record, but you can keep going on because I agree with those points. 
if there's anybody, I wouldn't miss Michael Cole. I don't. I have no problem with Michael Cole. Michael Cole is basically Vince McMahon's sock puppet, mm-hmm. and that's not a, a slight against Michael Cole. It's just the truth that he has to regurgitate a lot of these yeah. things that that Vince says. I don't know if I would miss Booker T because Booker T sometimes doesn't seem to know what the story is. It's just like going into business for and himself. Not even interesting in the way that he's just I, like. There's a very interesting way to do that. Yeah, Tom Phillips is a good announcer, but he's not a, a personality or a character. I like that you Tom get Behind, I think Tom Phillips and Renee I put in the same category. Where like I would certainly like they would be if I took over the company, I would keep them and promote them and make them into big deals. But like if either of them disappeared from their job for a month as a viewer, I would just be like, oh, they must be on the other show, and I'm just not remembering. That's the point. The idea is not to have a stable of really popular over talent that are not in the ring even in the wrestling ring and you don't necessarily want them to get too successful because then they're replaceable did you notice when Mauro Ranallo was off the show and they replaced him with Tom Phillips only because it was a huge story after the fact or you know what Josh Matthews is gone and you notice because you hated him but not because you liked him and you missed him yeah The, the the great example of this being a problem the affinity for the performer who is behind the microphone, is Jim Ross. They tried to get rid of Jim Ross for years. Yeah. And they couldn't because the fans were so upset that they got rid of Jim Ross. So now they have Tom Phillips, who was just a guy, not even as as interesting as Vince McMahon was when Vince was the play-by-play guy. Vince had all kinds of weird phrases. And I fondly remember Vince McMahon doing play-by-play for wrestling. I don't have, there's nothing about Tom Phillips that's different from Vic Joseph. Yeah, who does um, two hundred five live, two hundred five live, yeah. and, and main event. So yeah, they're most other than Corey Graves, they're all irreplaceable irre, uh, and, and interchangeable. Yeah, that's sort of my point. Uh, another question about Raw: uh, Were are you excited about Matt the Matt Hardy delete angle, or are we just past that point? I I was tweeting about it being too late, and some people responded and said, "No, it's not too late. It's great." The crowd was dead for it. Maybe that was just the Knoxville, Tennessee crowd being dead for everything regardless of if it was cool or not. Uh, but it also feels like... Did they, did they run that angle in Tennessee to get that old school TNA fan base? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> All those Dixie Carter marks that are out there. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they did it there. I guess they just finally decided TNA or Impact can't afford to sue them anymore. But um, yeah, it's just it's it feels like a thing that was so popular two years ago. At this point, it was two years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe not that long. Year and a half, somewhere in there. Yeah, a year ago or something, yeah. That is an eternity in professional yeah. wrestling. That's forever. Stone Cold Steve Austin was on top. He was the guy for, let's see, WrestleMania 14, 15. Wasn't at 16. Mm-hmm. By 17, he already turned heel. That was four years yeah. of him being the top babyface in professional wrestling. Four. And of those years, one of them I he went, was on the shelf. Yeah, I went through the. I, I was. I. I, would, I started and never quite finished this pro- project. I'll do it now because Bill Simmons will listen to this podcast and insist. But the, but like trying to figure out who the top person was in in the business every year, and not and not in the Meltzer like gateway, but just like the championship belt. Yeah, the, the meta championship belt. Who was the guy? 
And it's hard to make the case that Stone for Stone Cold for more than like a year. Like you give him a second year because he's Stone Cold Steve Austin or whatever. But it's like he came in like two thirds of the way through the year and then, you know, did WrestleMania. Yeah. And I mean, it's just it's all it's all very weird. The Attitude Era basically was from 1997 to 2001. Yeah. And you think about it as, oh, it was all so much of this this great television and it was so engaging and exciting and it, it was really influential for wrestling. And WCW was this big company and they had the NWO four years. Yeah. After 2001, it was over. Yeah. And none, and the So NW- how can you say that the broken thing isn't over? Well, I think the only defense of it is that I mean, yeah, a part of it's managing expectations, right? You do it when they're hot and the Hardys you had to know when they came in the Hardys without going that route that the Hardys would be hot for about 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, they have they have, you know, you got to there's no microwave in professional wrestling. You got to just eat <laughs> just eat it while the steam is coming off. That sounded weird. Man, that pop at WrestleMania, though, if you were in the in the building, it was shaking, man. It was crazy. Imagine if he had just, like, turned on Jeff in the first match. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That'd and that would have been, like, surprising and interesting. And, yeah. like, at this point, it doesn't even matter what you – I mean, it, it does. There's, they can obviously do great stuff with it. But, but, the, but the concern should be that it doesn't even matter if they execute it to perfection because – at this point, all the fans that care about the delete stuff are just sort of have like reconciled themselves to the fact that WWE doesn't care about the Hardy Boys. So why why should we expect this to be good? Yeah. Right? And, and everything that was good about it was about the moment and about mm-hmm. the company it was happening in and about... You let the moment pass. How terrible it was. I mean, it was all actually pretty bad, but it was bad in a good way and it was fun. I don't see how you can replicate that moment and that and, and that level of... of, of um, sort of irreverence it was a very irreverent piece of of wrestling it was not looking at professional wrestling as a tippy top art form or even like a a, a a multi-million dollar business it was looking at wrestling as a lark and a goof it was it, yeah. it, it was almost poking fun at the entire idea of yes. wrestling wwe is not going to do that nah, he's going to turn into a dracula basically he's going to be a dracula with a, a white stripe in his hair and he's going to wrestle Bray Wyatt in the House of Horrors. That might be the first good explanation for that stripe in his hair. He's a Dracula. He's a Dracula. Yeah. A, a, a Dracula. <laughs> He's one of the Draculas, yeah. <laughs> Matt Von Dracula. Correct. Everybody's familiar with him yeah. from history. Um, before we get to the things I'm not thankful for on SmackDown, let's take a quick break. Hey, this is JJ Redick. You may know me as a basketball player. You may have seen me play during my college career at Duke University. Or perhaps over the past decade playing in the NBA for the Magic, the Bucks, the Clippers, or the Sixers. Well, today I'm here to tell you about my new show, the JJ Reddick Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. This is where you can find me interviewing athletes like my current teammate, Joel Embiid, as well as in-depth conversations with celebrities like the Late Late Show host, James Corden. The very first episode goes live later this week, so make sure to subscribe to the J.J. Reddick Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right. A couple of things I'm not thankful for in SmackDown. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about the Riot Squad not being part of the overall absolution model. Um SmackDown's a little bit of a developmental territory in and of itself, so I'm gonna. I, I am. I am more okay with sort of letting that develop and seeing where it goes. Um, that said, we talked about the fake torn ring gear. I think my biggest uh, 
my my biggest source of non thanks. I'll, I'll start with a minor one first. Uh, this is again old school booking complaint. But to have Mojo turn heel and gender beat up, like get rid of his it's posse, back to um, back, yeah, back to back segments. What the, what was that? You got to break that stuff up. They, by different by weeks by weeks exactly. You think that would ever happen on uh, WCW Saturday Night? No. You think Dusty would ever do something like that? No. No. Tom, Tom Zink would be beating a jobber when the second thing happened. <laughs> yeah, you think you think the cowboy Bill Watts is going to be running two segments that are identical? No. Do we think that Jinder's really done with the with the sings? I think Jinder is, is kind of done. I think that I, the Sing brothers have never showed anything other than an ability to bump really well. Like the most memorable thing that the Sing brothers did is getting the shit kicked out of them by Randy Orton. That was it. Yeah. They didn't cut really good promos. They didn't have characters. They were just there to be the instrument for Jinder Mahal to win matches. They were. They were. And and I've enjoyed their presence, but they're remarkably bad at introducing Jinder Mahal for for that being 95% of your job. (laughs) I think they're going to end up on 205 Live. No, that's I think they're bad. going back to being the Bollywood Tag Boys team. or something similar to that. Maybe they'll still be called the Singh Brothers. But that, um, that's 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 a huge loss for gender. I think it's over. I do. He's wrestling Triple H and not wrestling for the belt unless he wins at Clash of Champions and becomes a champion again and takes the belt to India. So Clash is before the India trip? I don't know what the timing is. I think the India trip's first. Because they kept talking about him going back in disgrace on SmackDown, which was at least a nice flourish. Yeah. Well, he's if if it's before, he's he's not going to be the champion, so what's the point of putting the belt back on him? I don't think he's going to win. I think he's done. But then what do you do with him? When the whole point of the character is a financial benefit as opposed to a natural artistic decision, how do you then use him in any other way besides enhancement talent? I don't know. Speaking of enhancement talent and 205 Live, Hideo Itami is apparently going there. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least he made it to the roster. Because he had so many... He uh, is a smaller guy. Health that... problems. Yeah. It's he, it's not a, a star power injection, but it is... No, it is. I mean, he could be the biggest. He could he could be as big as Enzo. People love him. He's great. He's one of the greatest wrestlers ever. I don't think he's going to be as popular as Enzo more with people who don't care about wrestling. Can we briefly talk about... The survey that WWE sent. I didn't even open it. I got it I too, opened the survey. It's just about 205 Live. Does it ask you what you're thankful for? <laughs> no, no. It asks you, do you watch the show? How often do you watch the show? If you stopped watching it, why did you stop watching it? And it's just like a bunch of reasons like, oh, I'm watching other things on television. Or I would prefer to see the Raw and SmackDown superstars on 205 Live. There's even a question that asks you... Would you be more apt to watch the show if Ron SmackDown superstars ended up on the show more often? I said no. All of these options dance around the problem, which is that you want to see them wrestle longer matches that have more high spots or, or, or let more them, varied. Yeah, let, them, let them wrestle their own styles. Yeah. But th- th- that's not on the list of problems. So I just. Here's the thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to tell you what my problem is. And I typed it out. Here's here's the list of things that would make me watch 205 Live. Someone saying you got to check out this match on 205 Live is number one. There's nothing else on the list. Yeah. I don't need to have promos and angles on that show. I need to have good wrestling. And they can't make and make me stick around. I mean, like, that's how I used to feel about NXT, frankly. You know, you show up to see the people, you know, check out the matches to see these people who you've heard good things about. Then you get sucked in because there's good storytelling or whatever. But like, 
I mean, what a gimmicked pole that is. That's gimmick. That's like a gimmick on a pole. Gimmick in a pole match. <laughs> they created a, 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 an infrastructure and, and a format for that show to work, and then they took it, dropped it in the toilet, and flushed it. We don't need the cruiserweight classic format. We're going to do sports entertainment and we're going to have goofy characters and we're going to have people cutting promos for half the show and we're going to do all of this stuff that isn't why these guys got over in the first place. I have place. a great way that you could save that show. Cruiserweight divisions, I'm sorry, in the absence of other weight classes and some major restructuring of your company, of your own, you know, the kayfabe company, so it's more like UFC. No one cares about cruiserweight wrestling. Frankly, no one cares about the lighter weight classes in UFC. I mean, I I do. I watch I watch that stuff a lot. But like you can't. But to I mean, just look at like you know Ferguson can't even he- can barely headline a UFC pay per view, and he's the one of the he's the best pound for pound for pound fighter of all time. It, people just care more about the big guys. That's just the way things are, you know. The but the. And but to but to not have any weight classes except for the one where the little guys wrestle, like it's just inherently dismissive of the whole thing. Of the, I mean, it's 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 impossible for people to take that seriously. And if you want it to be like this is our this is flippy indie wrestling, then just do what you did with NXT, rebrand it, let it be a separate show, call it Evolve, and let Gabe book it. Like yeah. just do like make it be a separate entity and. Don't have them appear on Raw. Don't I mean definitely don't have them on Raw. Just like don't make it seem like a subordinate product. It's just a separate thing we're doing. We're just gonna give it to a different creative team. We're gonna start out some new writers on this show and we're gonna book it. I mean, it's just nuts. The whole background of this, obviously, is that they're trying to sell some variation on Talking Smack or something to Facebook that and it's going to be in the 205 Live time slot. Yeah. So they are gonna have to move 205 Live. I'm sure they're already come to coming to grips with that. And the question now is, do we move it or do we cancel it? The, the solution is remarkably simple. Move them all to full sale and do the show there. Yeah. Don't tour with them. Don't use them on Raw because everybody in the crowd, everybody at home on, watching on TV knows that the only reason why there's a cruiserweight segment every week or two cruiserweight segments is to kill time. Yeah. I finally, for the first time, watched... Raw on Hulu because my DVR was full and so it didn't DVR and it was like oh my god it's 90 minutes long there's no cruiserweight segments it was a breeze it was fantastic no commercials you would have missed Matt Hardy I did I did miss that and I didn't miss it at all Uh, but everybody fast forwards to do it no one cares none of these guys are over the only one selling merchandise is Enzo and I fast yeah and I fast forward through the Hulu version of Raw not not through whole man, but it's like there's dead space in there too. Yeah, it's it it, it belongs. You better, get, if, you better believe there's two like ticks forward on my Apple TV remote, like at every where there would have been a commercial break. Right. Um. All right, we got to get out of here before too long. But the other thing I'm not thankful for, although I'm interested in the storyline, is, and maybe they're just maybe I'm being tricked, and I will happily take this back. How is Daniel Bryan? the heel authority figure on SmackDown and not Shane McMahon. I kind of like it. I like Daniel Bryan siding with, if that's what he's doing with those, with, with Owens and Zayn. But Shane McMahon is the biggest heel in the company. He's more of a heel than Stephanie at this point. He has a point. Shane has a point? About Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? No, no. He ha- Wait, who has the good point? Okay, so Shane McMahon's point is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens 
are responsible for kicking the shit out of my dad. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, sure, I've had my problems with my father sure. before in business. Yeah. But he's still my dad. I still love my sure. dad. Oh, that's fine. I'm twisted, but I love my dad. They put him in the hospital. They gave a 70-year-old man a concussion. Well, Kevin Owens did. Sami Zayn was not a part of that. Then, at Hell in a Cell... Sami Zayn pulls Kevin Owens off of a table and I crashed through the table and I could have been seriously hurt. Sure, it was my choice to jump off the cell, but he interfered in my match. I don't like him. Yeah. They should be fine. Then they, then they interfere in the Survivor Series right. match and cost the brand the match. They should be fired. It makes sense to me. Okay, okay. With, with um, Daniel Bryan... All he's saying is, oh, they'll go to Raw. Who cares? <laughs> the Survivor Series is already over. Yeah. Is anybody watching SmackDown for Kevin Owens specifically? Kevin Owens isn't even the champion. I think for me, it's one, I, Shane is just a heel. Maybe it's just a personal problem. Shane is a great over. baby face and everybody loves him. No, I'm he's sorry. acting like a heel. He invaded Raw for no reason. That That is a bad thing, yes. He's, he's associating with all the heels on the roster except for Owens and Zayn. He's just, he's just a jackass. And he's booking himself into the main event constantly. There's no greater, there's no worse thing a heel can do in 2017 than that. Listen. If you want him to be a babyface, have him, you're right, do the right thing. You hit my dad, you're fired. Sami Zayn, what, uh, the timelines don't work out, but whatever. And then when the fans demand that they come back because they love them and they know that they're, you know, they don't think they're actually evil people, then Shane will be like, I'm listening to the fans, I will bring them back. But the condition is, you have to fight me. One more time at WrestleMania. I'm doing this for the fans. I listen to the fans. You can fight for your job. Yeah. That's true. It makes it makes a lot of sense. But in 2017, mm-hmm. what makes a heel and what makes a baby face I guess it doesn't is matter. not consistent. It does matter, but it doesn't make any sense. And it sometimes seems counterintuitive to where they're going. Roman Reigns, when you think about his personality and the way that he interacts with people, he's a bully. Yeah. He says he's the best. He doesn't he doesn't have any friends except for these two guys who were not his friends for a long time. Uh he travels m- mostly by himself. Uh he's constantly beating up people who can't defend themselves like Curtis Axel and and uh and Bo Dallas. He doesn't do anything particularly nice or virtuous. He's not fighting against an evil um you know d- d- dastardly nefarious power like Stone Cold Steve Austin did. He's just a guy who happens to pick on people. What what's what's good about Roman Reigns as a character? Nothing. What is I wrote it? about this actually WWE's long history of this way back at Grantland. Um where I I probably talked about this in the pod before too, but where but I uh it was I'll read from this piece really briefly. It was uh January 23rd, 1984. It's the night that Hulk Hogan wins the belt, defeating the despicable Iron Cheek. Gorilla Monsoon and Pat Patterson are your announcers, and the action starts illegally before the bell even rings. Now, this is Gorilla Monsoon. He's on top of Hogan, pounding away, and Hogan still has his robe on. Hogan, down in the center of the ring, still got his ring gear on. The Sheik now has Hogan's robe, and he clotheslined him with it. Down to the canvas, then Pat Patterson... The Sheik, he's an animal. Gorilla. Finally, referee, the, the referee manages to get that robe away from him, and Sheik is saying, get on your feet, boy, I want a piece of you. The Sheik with a big right hand, and another. Hulk is going for the ride, into the ropes. Dot, dot, dot. 
The Sheik then gouges Hogan's eyes back to Gorilla. The Sheik will use any means in any way in his power to win this match. Deliberate choke now by the Iron Sheik as referee Dick Lutz steps in and gives him the count. Pat Patterson. Oh, he's actually spitting on Hogan. The whole point of that was an, that was an exercise in which I, sh- I changed the names of Hulk Hogan and the Iron Sheik throughout. <laughs> Hulk Hogan was a heel from, he was obviously a heel before his, the Hogamania era. When he came back, he was still a heel. They just pretended he was a good guy. Yeah. WWE's been doing this forever. It's really confusing and it fucks with our expectations. And that's really hard. All this is about managing expectations. The, you know. At some point you have to say though that Hulk Hogan stood up for a nebulous concept of American virtue. Prayers, vitamins. Yeah. Okay, so sure he cheated a lot. I mean, he cheated more than more than most. Let's be fair. He I mean, didn't he um end up throwing salt in Yokozuna's eyes or something yeah. to win the belt? He's, he raked people's eyes yeah, and he raked did, backs a he, lot. He the did rake a of- lot of shitty stuff. But he stood for something. Stone Cold Steve Austin did a ton of shitty stuff. He stood for something. Yeah, he didn't pretend to be something. What anyway. does Roman Reigns stand for besides being in his yard and know. being a large animal? I don't know. Exactly. That's why he doesn't connect with the audience uh, uh, besides a superficial, he looks cool level. Yeah, that's true. Well, those are the things I'm not thankful for. But we're we still like wrestling, something. though, right? We wrestling. still love wrestling. It's Honestly, just... if you made 205 Live a separate show and just let me decide to watch it based on whether or not it was good, it would be great. I need less things that are connected. I would watch more wrestling if I didn't have to watch all of the wrestling. Yep. There's nothing better than just tuning into New Japan, you know, putting something on the on the, on the the New Japan world, not caring about anything else. It's just like, oh, these are going to be really good wrestling matches. And I don't have to know everything about the storylines or why, uh, you know, these people hate this person or anything like that. It's just good wrestling. Yeah. Uh, a couple of notes before we get out. Speaking of Daniel Bryan, Cody Rhodes has now name dropped him as his dream opponent for this fan, this uh, hypothetical 10,000 seat stadium indie show for maybe next year sometime that Cody and the Young Bucks are putting together. I hope they do the show. There's no way Daniel Bryan will be main eventing that because I think Daniel Bryan will wrestle in WWE again. I had a dream that he did. That's where I am in my life. I had a dream. I woke up think being very confident that they had just booked Daniel Bryan into a wrestling match on last night's SmackDown. It's funny that you get to sleep still. Don't have a baby. Oh, man. I don't sleep that much. Uh, there was Starcade. We didn't talk about that. Arn Anderson had I didn't a spine see buster. It. it was cool. It looked great for a man of his age and size to throw a spine buster like that. But it does show you how much of that move is, uh, you know, the other person comes into play. Sure. Uh, I'm sure Dolph Ziggler did a lot of the heavy lifting there. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. No, I, th- I, th- I think that's definitely true. Very weird for them to not televise it after they've already played around with televising just random house shows but then to do the th- like on on they like gave us the the recap on raw and we're just like by the way this is why you should make sure to go to the live shows they're trying to get more people to go to house shows i get it don't show it and then you, everybody who was there was like it was awesome why don't you try to get some people to watch the network by putting things on the network that we all wanted to see and we're all like watching twitter videos of because you're supposed to get the network for the pay-per-views no but they're always do it's just crazy all right. I'm not thankful that that show wasn't on the network. Maybe next year you can go to Greensboro and you can be a part of the action. 
Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to go to. Too much to go to. Speaking of, Raw is in Los Angeles next week. I'm not going. You're not going to bring uh, my Sid, son? Vi- Sid Vicious showing to his first wrestling <laughs> King show? Maxwell Schilling? No, yeah. I'm not bringing him to that. He's a, he's a month old. Um, he did watch Survivor Series, and he cried through most of it. Just like his dad. <laughs> that was that started off as a sarcastic laugh and ended as a real one. That's right, um, baby. Which is a good metaphorical uh, review of WWE's product this week. Yeah. Um, that's all I got to talk about. Yeah. I actually brought my Marty Skrull villain ball cap to wear during this show because I knew I'd be working heel so much and forgot to put it on before we started recording. <laughs> I would have brought my Bullet Club hat. Yeah. We could have both anyway, been I'll, healing. I'm just going to prove it. Um Anyway, look at that thing. We got. Um, I, there's no way Marty Skrull would ever wear that. He is way too fashionable. I know. I know. It's a little bit too small for my head too. It's a flex fit. You'll be fine. I like some of the flex fits, but this is no. It's just. It's yeah, just it's not a squeezes great my brain. Um, it's a good looking hat though. Yeah. Um, all of that uh, is to say that I really love wrestling. I know Wrestling's you do too. Awesome. And yeah. it's going to get better and better. WrestleMania season is right now. As far as I'm concerned, after Survivor Series. You're in WrestleMania season. You get a WrestleMania. You get a WrestleMania. You get a WrestleMania. And WrestleMania this year is going to be awesome. I can guarantee it. AJ Styles I'm gonna is going to be champion. He's going to wrestle Shinsuke Nakamura. Reigns and Lesnar is going to be as good as the first one, which was a good match. There's going to be a lot of great stuff. Is it going to be an IC versus Universal <laughs> Champion versus Champion match? Champion versus Champion. Like under, I mean, like uh, Ultimate Warrior Hogan? Uh, the ultimate challenge. Do you think is this match the universal challenge? Is this match going to be better than Warrior Hogan? Uh, I think the first one was better than Warrior Hogan. Uh, is this match going to be better? This one in particular, yeah. This year, WrestleMania. If All it's right. if it's if it's half as good as the first one, it's better than Warrior. Warrior Hogan's good, but it's not. It's it doesn't age well. <laughs> There's a lot of stalling and stuff outside and. It's it's mostly, you know, just like the atmosphere. Just like Hogan Rock was mostly the atmosphere, and it was not a great match. Yeah. All right. That's it. <laughs> you have never been more sad. I'm actually more upbeat. That, I mean, I think just getting all that off my chest. Really, now you feel better, yeah. I, I, feel, I feel good. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. Check us out on Twitter at... Mask Man Show. You're Kay. you're at Dave underscore Schilling. Mm-hmm. I'm at David Shoemaker. And you're never on Twitter. Um, congratulations to Dean Ambrose. <laughs> and we'll see you back here next week, humanoids. I cannot imagine being less entertained by a show. <laughs>